Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week, we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has obtained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experiences of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery or to use these tools with each other as peers. If you're willing to sponsor or to work as a peer, please post a message at oasecularforum at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor. Hi, welcome to our weekly workshop with a secular sponsor in Overeaters, Anonymous. Um, each week, we have an opportunity to hear from someone who's gotten maintained abstinence without God for a chance for those of us who don't have a sponsor or want a little extra exposure. For today, we'll get started. If you want more information about Secular Overeaters, go to secularovereaters.org. We are people in Overeaters Anonymous who are getting abstinent and staying abstinent without God. So here's our sponsor for today. Well, thank you, first of all, Jim, and all of you who've helped organize this meeting for their service and the opportunity to be of service, and uh, also to my sponsor and sponsees who have shaped my understanding of sponsoring. Um, and, you know, thank you all for being so completely out of control in this meeting. I'm going to look good by comparison. <laughs> um, I'm Vinnie T., recovering daily from compulsive overeating, and I'm going to read this fast because there's a lot. I've maintained a 180-pound weight loss for three-plus years. And, Jim, if you can put my photos up briefly, um, that might help, my before and after. Uh, I came to OA in February 2013 at 340 pounds. My problems with food became apparent in college when my first with my first taste of independence. I gained 25 pounds before Christmas break and lost it equally as fast by fasting. Uh, it showed up again when I married, a gain of 45 pounds in six months. My husband worked away from home five days a week, and I ate alone. And I had begun what became an incredibly successful and fulfilling career at the same time. But from 6 p.m. Uh, till work the next day, I isolated. Uh, food, TV, sleep, that was it. I left the marriage after six years and several more diets with pills, books, videos, hypnotism, and therapy for 20 years. I tried everything. Um, after trying to date, I was driven to isolate permanently. I never had another long-term relationship. I felt more and more apart, unlovable and unloving. I continued to try to keep my weight under control until I just couldn't try anymore. The yo-yoing was so demoralizing, so painful, so frightening, and so hopeless. All the while at my job, I was highly functioning, uh, friendly, helpful, uh, generous of my time. I was skilled. I was smart. My coworkers liked me, and I enjoyed work. And, and they enjoyed working for me as I rose to a position of management. I was a great conversationalist. I was fun, adventurous, curious, and enthusiastic. And I didn't believe any of that. I felt it was a costume that hid my secret, disgusting, selfish, hateful, and out of control insanity. 
The heavier I got, the more my world shrank. I went from cycling adventures of 50 miles or more on weekends to a slovenly unkempt puddle of bile in a dark house alone in bed. I couldn't even socialize with my coworkers because I couldn't walk two blocks to a restaurant. I loathed myself. When I retired, I relocated to a tiny rural town in North Carolina. I love my home and my neighborhood. I made friends easily, but I still was the same me. I had the same terrible self-image, and I was still barely controlling my weight in Weight Watchers, and I could feel that commitment seeping away. I was terrified. I don't know how, but the idea of OA came to me. I had tried it for perhaps three meetings in New York in my 30s, but I wasn't broken enough then. I found there was an OA meeting in my area, and I found the courage to get myself there. I remember sitting in a, in a folding chair that I prayed wouldn't collapse under me. I have had that experience as well as breaking a friend's couch. I couldn't look people directly in the eye, but as I introduced myself, I felt something I had never felt before. Understanding, compassion, welcoming. I felt that there were actually other people like myself. I didn't feel like a freak. I was not alone in my pain, and my anguish was heard and felt. There were only three of us at my first meetings, and there was no visible sign of recovery in that room. But there was honesty, humility, tolerance, compassion, and love, welcoming and accepting. Just the fact of their being there when I needed them made all the difference. I wanted what they had. I wanted to be a real human being with feelings and emotions. And I wanted to be able to relate. And I wanted to continue in this group. I wanted to learn. Over years, I expanded my base of initial meetings and within my range. I got literature. I listened to podcasts. I participated in OA-related events and workshops and saw and heard people who carried a message of hope. There is a solution. That prompted me in February 2018 to find a sponsor, not the one that I asked. She chose one for me. I trusted the process. I learned to trust my sponsor, and we worked together as equals in an open, stressless, and healing relationship, which brought me to food neutrality, the ability to maintain my healthy body weight, and much more importantly, to serenity. I have ceased fighting everyone and everything, tilting at windmills, and rely on faith, which is the word of my understanding for something I can't put into words. We hear in the promises that we will have a new confidence and ability to do what we could never do alone and the freedom to live a life that is purposeful, joyous, and in sync with the world around us. So, sponsoring. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, exactly what the focus of, of these, you know, shares would be, but I'm just going to wing it and, uh, you know, say that, the truth of my sponsoring is that I don't bring any specific viewpoint into my sponsoring relationships. 
I was brought through the steps with, with what I would call a big book sponsor, using the AA big book as a textbook, written as a guide for alcoholics to transform their attitude toward life and find a means to let go of their damaged, insane delusions through abstinence and reliance on something greater than them. Uh, at that time, in America, it was assumed to be God. Forgive the founders for their natural assumption, born of their being Americans, predominantly of the Judeo-Christian upbringing, that understanding of God worked for them. Since then, after three editings, the language has been modified and, and the emphasis that it is a God of our own understanding. But they haven't been able to remove the word God without potentially losing the majority of their members killing their chance at recovery. So it is we who are faced with the task of finding an acceptable universal understanding of the principles of spirituality. I first want to know what attracted my potential sponsee to ask me. What do they see in me or feel from me that leads them to trust in me? And you'll hear that word a lot. Trust is huge. Most of us live in fear as well as in resentment, the two prime movers of our actions. And then I'd like to know what their own expectations are. To lose weight, to achieve or regain a healthy body, to feel comfortable in themselves and in their surroundings, with others, their jobs, life. I'm relatively new to sponsoring. Sue in this group is my third sponsee. I tried at first to sponsor by the book as I had been sponsored, but I am notoriously unstructured and found that I just go with the flow intuitively. I listen and I work with my sponsee to find their way with them, holding their hand. My sole purpose as a sponsor is to be useful to my sponsee. I earnestly try not to impose my beliefs or viewpoints on them. I will tell them of my experiences if they're helpful, and I allow them and hope they will uh, challenge me or let me know if they feel um, that I'm intervening or stepping on their toes in any way. Sue and I have had to go outside of sanctioned literature to rewrite the steps so she could find them tolerable and meaningful to her. And I learned as we went that all I ask of my sponsees is that they're committing to do the work, committed to do the work in whatever way we, that pans out to be, and that they're willing to be open and change. The hardest thing for me is not to push out of enthusiasm. I believe in listening, in patience and love. I genuinely care about my sponsees and hope that my experiences and any wisdom that I've garnered will help them achieve their goals. There's not, no time limit. Sometimes our relationship has lapsed into just friendship, and if that's what's needed at the time, that's fine. We're working toward a lifetime change over a lifetime, a process that I hope continues for me and for them into the future. But for now, it's one day at a time. Uh, now, we've arranged for Sue and I to demonstrate how we work together, usually starting with, how was your food today, Sue? Okay, that's 
a typical way that Vinny starts. And um, she's really pushed me to write down everything I eat. And um, most days are pretty boring because most days are pretty much the same. And do you want me to go through one day of what I typically have? Yes, that would be perfect. Okay. Typical, I should tell you that I'm usually up till at least 2 a.m. and I sleep late. Then when I get up, I get the dog out, I put her around. So I don't eat any breakfast. I start my day with brunch. So brunch is typically a nice big salad. Sometimes I put one tablespoon of a light low-fat dressing on it and then add some vinegar but never more than one tablespoon and never a high-fat dressing. An English muffin or a bagel thin or five triscuits, depending on the day. A vegetable omelet, and I'll use, I'll put 0.8 ounces of cheese either in the omelet or just the vegetables in the omelet and have the cheese on the English muffin or the crackers, whatever. Um, sometimes in the afternoon, I'll eat some fruit salad, and if I'm really hungry, a protein bar. And then dinner is usually a small sweet potato or five Triscuits, or if I'm having Chinese food, a small amount of the rice that comes with the food. I make vegetable stir fries with either fake meat or tofu. And I always have a salad. Salad is always part of brunch and part of dinner. And then some at some point after dinner, I'll have a bowl of fruit salad, sometimes with a quarter cup of fat-free plain yogurt, no sugar, sweet stuff in it and 0.8 ounces, and I weigh my nuts. It's a mix of nuts and raisins and cut up crystallized ginger, and I weigh 0.8 ounces because if I take nuts by the handful, I will keep eating them, and I won't stop. But if I weigh it and then put them away, I can control it, and that's sort of a typical day, and it varies a little from day to day, but... That's more or less what it usually is. And one let thing... Me, let me interject in here that this is a food plan that she came up with that suits her need to lose some weight and to keep her at that weight. And it's completely adjustable as we go along, you know, depending on what she discovers. Um, you know, our, our bodies change uh, all the time. You know, we, we get more or less exercise or whatever. And she defines her... Uh, food triggers or temptations as being things which she allows herself to eat, but she will overeat them if they are presented to her in volume and she can't distance herself from that. Is that about? Yeah, that's, that's good. Like I cannot keep ice cream in the house. I cannot keep cookies in the house, pies, whatever, because if they're there, I won't take one, I'll keep eating. And someone I know in OA, not Vinny, but another OA member told me, her sponsor said once a month, 
she gets herself a piece of cake. And for me, it's not cake, but roughly once every month or so, I'll go and I'll buy one cookie at McDonald's or someplace where they're not huge, or get a single scoop of ice cream at an ice cream place, but I can't bring a container of ice cream or a box of cookies into the house because if I do, I'll keep eating them. Some people can never have any because even if they have it when they're out, it will trigger a binge. For me, if I get one piece while I'm not home, then I'm okay. And so different people do it differently. And Vinny's helped me and this other friend who's in a way have helped me figure out what works for me. And I want to share something that Vinny really helped me with after Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, I binged. And a friend, I've been socially isolated, but I have one friend who also socially isolates, who I see typically once a week. And she and the one other person she sees, who's her gentleman friend, came over for Thanksgiving dinner. And, and she agreed to bring in dessert. And I said, please make it small, because if it's, you know, I didn't say why, I just said, please make it really small. And she made something big. And I, when we had dessert, I kept eating. And I think she was upset that I did that, and I was upset that she had brought it. And after talking to Vinny, I realized I could have taken control after we'd all had a piece. And I realized I was taking more. I should have said, I'm going to put this back in the bag you brought it in, and you can take the rest home. But if it's on the table, I'm going to keep eating. And I didn't, so I kept eating, and I was upset, and I was angry. And Vinny helped me work through how I could have handled it, what I could have done so that I wouldn't binge. I was able to share that with my friend and explain why it was a problem, because I have no control. I'm a compulsive overeater, and if it's sitting on the table, I'll eat it. So that's about five minutes, and that's a great okay. story. Could we could we stop? That's a great example. Of course, of sponsorship. That's wonderful. why don't I wrap it up because I know I know the, how this story ends. And basically, Sue, through the work that we did together, we we had been stuck, in, quote unquote, step four for what months, <laughs> and the way that she understood. What, what the disturbances were in their relationship over this food, she actually looked at it from a step four point of view, looking at her part in the situation. Then she went through technically steps five through eight and nine, contacting her friend and making an amends and Basically, she got the whole way that this program works. Thank you for joining us today. To hear recordings of other speakers in this series, visit secularovereaters.org. And while you are there, please consider making a donation to support our work.